0: With students returning to University of South Carolina's campus in a few short weeks, university officials have released preliminary COVID-19 mitigation guidelines for the fall semester.
1: In an email to students, faculty, and staff last week, Interim President Harris-Pastidi's outlined protocol for vaccinations, testing, and quarantine protocols for those residing both on and off campus.
0: I'm Will Kronsberg.
1: And I'm Tyler Fedor. You're listening to In the Loop with SGTV News 4.
2: This podcast is a part of Garnet Media Group's podcast network. Garnet Media Group is the collective partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. As cases of the
0: COVID-19 Delta variant grow across the country, University of South Carolina has updated its continued plans to battle spread of the virus on campus this fall.
1: Also, the trial of the alleged killer of USC student Samantha Jefferson is coming to an end, as both sides have rested their case in the trial.
0: And the delayed 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games just kicked off with the state of South Carolina and U of SC well represented in competition.
1: Stick with us, we'll keep you in the loop. An email recently sent out by the university to the student body as well as faculty and staff details new strategies to combat the COVID-19 virus on campus through vaccinations and the continuation of a successful testing program.
0: Interim President harris Pastides echoed CDC and DHEC projections that cases will spike as students return this fall and strongly encourage vaccination, though he stopped short of requiring it.
1: Every student and employee will be required to submit either proof of vaccination, a negative COVID test no more than 10 days prior to move in or classes beginning, or a positive test no more than 90 days prior.
0: Voluntary on-campus testing will also continue this upcoming semester, though monthly testing requirements that debuted in the spring will not be implemented in the fall. Face coverings will also be voluntary in most locations on campus, though they are required in the Center for Health and Well-Being, and Thompson Student Health Center, as well as all university transportation.
1: SGTV News 4 reporter Finn Carlin joins us now to discuss the university's strategies to fight COVID-19 this fall. How are you doing, Finn?
2: I'm doing well, Tyler, how are you?
1: Doing good, doing good. Thanks for coming on with us. Now, Finn, we've been fighting the virus for over 16 months now. It's been a long time. So what new strategies is the university employing this semester? compared to the last three.
2: Yeah, so during the fall semester, the university is not so much employing new strategies as much as it is revising or taking away mitigation strategies they've used this past school year. President Pastides mentioned in that email that he sent out to students and faculty that mainly the return to campus will see newer protocol put into place, such as those living in Greek Village and other university housing needing to show either a completed COVID vaccine record, a negative COVID test 10 days before move in, or proof of a positive COVID test in the last 90 days. Now, this doesn't mean off-campus students are in the clear since everyone in apartments or other housing will still need to either show a completed COVID vaccine record or a negative COVID test within about two weeks of the start of classes. During the semester though, there will be optional COVID testing available and quarantine services will still be active primarily for people living on campus, but face coverings will not be required everywhere except for the gyms like Strom and Blatt and in the Student Health Center.
1: One big development this summer has been a much larger population eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine to protect the population from severe COVID infection. So how much is the university pushing for vaccinations leading into the fall semester right now?
2: Yeah, so whether or not universities will require COVID vaccines has been a question for many people as we're getting closer now to the start of the school year, of course. Various colleges in each state are requiring students to get fully vaccinated before coming to campus. Some states like New York, California, Virginia, and Pennsylvania have a few dozen of their schools, colleges and universities that have that requirement. But South Carolina, on the other hand, only has two colleges having students get their COVID vaccines, which are Furman and Wofford. Now, Pastiti said that vaccines are strongly encouraged, and with that, they ask students to upload their information to their My Health Space account as they get their first and second doses, but they aren't required regardless if you're living on campus or not.
1: And so I know in previous semesters, we've experienced somewhat of a spike in cases when everyone returns to campus. I remember when we got to a thousand plus uh, in, the fall, in last fall, I believe. And even with the vaccine in place, another one is likely this semester. So compared to last year, how is the university treating quarantining and contact tracing in case of an outbreak? Yeah,
2: so most of the university's strategy for quarantine and isolation isn't really changing. Unvaccinated people that are exposed to COVID-19 and or have a positive test result have to quarantine for the required number of days in isolation before returning to their other housing. And speaking of housing, students on campus have to now fill out a form agreeing to a quarantine and isolation plan should they be exposed to COVID. Vaccinated students, however, do not have to go into quarantine if they are exposed to COVID only if they do not show symptoms after they come in contact with someone who is positive for the virus. Now, I've tried to reach out to university spokesperson Jeff Stinsland with certain questions pertaining to a plan of action if we see another large spike in on-campus COVID cases, like has been predicted by the CDC and SEDHEC, when we all return for the semester, but he's currently out of office and no other response or other information has yet been given.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Finn. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you, Tyler.
1: Two years after the incident and after six days of trial, Nathaniel Rowland has been sentenced to life in prison for the murder of former USC student Samantha Josephson.
0: Josephson was murdered in 2019 after she got into a car she thought was her Uber ride in Five Points.
1: Rowland was found guilty of possession of a weapon during a violent crime, kidnapping, and murder. The jury was unanimous in its verdict.
0: Judge Clifton Newman, who presided over the trial, said the evidence against Rowland was a quote-unquote... Avalanche of evidence.
1: Solicitor Brian Gimson said he was extremely pleased with the jury's ruling and also said the family was satisfied with the ruling as well. (music) The Olympics are being played in front of virtually no crowd at all after both foreign and local spectators were banned from the games with COVID cases rising in Tokyo in recent weeks. Despite the quiet setting, the games are as fierce as ever, with athletes having waited five years to compete on the global stage.
0: New events in this iteration of the Olympics include street and park skateboarding, softball, baseball, 3-on-3 basketball, and surfing. Currently, Team USA sits second in the medal count just behind the Japanese hosts, with eight silver medals, eight bronze, and nine golds across shooting, fencing, surfing, swimming, and taekwondo.
1: Locally, the University of South Carolina and our state as a whole are well represented in Tokyo. Gamecock Women's Basketball Head Coach Don Staley will lead the USA Women's Basketball Team, which will include 2018 USC graduate Aja Wilson, and on the men's side, Charleston native and recent NBA champion Chris Middleton will also represent the USA. In addition to basketball, Gamecocks will also compete in track, swimming, and diving.
0: Joining us now to talk about Tokyo is News for reporter Kendall Smith. How are you, Kendall?
3: Well, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you for joining us, Kendall. Obviously, these Olympics are taking place in unprecedented circumstances, just like everything else last year, but what unique challenges are competitors dealing with in Tokyo this month?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing is the fact that every day these competitors have to get up and they have to do a saliva test every single day to prove that they do not have COVID-19 and all of the athletes who are in the Olympic Village and the Athletes Village are confined to their rooms most of the time. You see them wearing masks all the time and something really different, unique that we've never seen in any Olympics prior is the fact that you see athletes, whether they're at the Aquatic Center or at the gymnastics Center, and they're sitting there with masks on up and up until moments until they're about to compete so it's a lot different uh but still nonetheless great to have the olympics back even if it's a year delayed
0: absolutely we have a local connection here with team usa basketball coach don staley and forward AJ wilson but both american basketball teams have been struggling this month So what are realistic expectations for Staley and company for the rest of the tournament?
3: Well, well, I think the expectation for this women's basketball team is to take home a gold medal, no matter the struggles that they faced over the last month. Last night, they started off strong with an 81-72 win over Nigeria, marking their 50th consecutive win as a Team USA women's basketball team. Asia Wilson said it would mean the world for this team to take home the gold medal, and I think that's the expectation going forward. The women's basketball team has won every Olympics since Dawn Staley's first Olympics in 1996. So that's six consecutive goals. They're going for lucky number seven this year. And I think realistically they can do it.
0: Well, like you alluded to, they struggled in the exhibitions, but the Olympics have really just started. This is what counts. So what are you excited to see in the final two weeks of the Olympics?
3: Oh my gosh, not just women's basketball and seeing Don Staley and Asia Wilson out there on the floor, but I'm excited for so much more. Obviously, we've seen some gymnastics already occur. The women's team final happened last night where Team USA took home the silver medal. I can't wait for the individual finals in gymnastics. Really looking forward to swimming as well. That's always a great sport. And then here, representing the state of South Carolina, like you alluded to, there are a ton of athletes who are representing the Palmetto State. So it'll be fun to watch all of them, whether that's in basketball basketball, swim and dive, weightlifting. There are some athletes representing Team USA. It's definitely going to be great to watch all of it go down.
0: Absolutely and thank you so much for joining us Kendall.
3: Thank you Will.
0: The last week of July will sadly not bring any relief from the heat in Columbia Highs will stay in the 90s through Sunday, including 97 on Thursday and 99 on Friday, though precipitation may come early next week. With a high today of 91 and a low of 73, the capital city is warming up just in time for students to return to campus. Over in the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 233 points today, the Nasdaq decreased by 296 points, and the S&P 500 fell 44 points. Keeping you in the loop, I'm Will Kronsberg.
1: And I'm Tyler Fedor.
0: You're listening to SGTV News 4. Thank you for keeping up to date with us this summer. Be sure to tune in this fall for all SGTV programming and check out podcasts from all four Garnet Media partner organizations on the Garnet Media Group Podcast
2: Network.